step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Rated MR for Mike Rosen. Now, the reviews are in. It's Mike Rosen at the movies on KOA News Radio, 850 AM and 94.1 FM. Good morning and welcome to the program on this bright and sunny Saturday morning. Christian Toto, my partner alongside. You can, of course, follow Christian's work at HollywoodandToto.com. And what would we be finding there these days? I've got a new story about The Last Starfighter, a movie that's enjoying a celebration. I'm not sure the exact anniversary, but it came out June 13th, uh, July 13th, many many a year ago. And uh, the person who wrote the story uh, Barry Wurst, who used to be in Colorado, now he's in Hawaii, talks about how it's a really good uh, video game movie and that we don't often get good video game movies and it's kind of celebrating it. So if so, you want a little bit of a nostalgic blast, check it out. So a star fighter is someone who breaks into studio light, <laughs> uh, lots and starts fights with movie stars? You know, Brad Pitt, yeah, you know, okay. uh, George Clooney, just kind of mixes it up a little bit. No, oh, that's no, a, no. New, a different uh, <laughs> genre. I think I'll have to watch that. <laughs> Well, we have a couple of movies to talk about that uh, we're going to review today, and then we'll tease one that we'll talk about next Saturday. That one is called Stuber. Mm-hmm. And uh, also, I need to clarify something. When we were talking last week, and increasingly, we talk about some of these fabulous series on Amazon Prime and Netflix and Hulu and, and you mm-hmm. name it. There oh, are yeah. so many out there, which I think is a preview of coming attractions. I think finally the in-theater movie industry uh, may have met its match. You know, television was once supposed to do away with movie right. theaters. It, it didn't. But, uh, boy, this millennial generation is so conditioned to watch video on their iPhones or iPads or on big screen TVs. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of expensive to go to a movie theater today. It is. And, you know, and it's funny, I will be in a room with people, younger people, and each of them will be watching their own whatever and having their own experience. And also, my kids are 8 and 10. They don't really want to go to the movies. I kind of have to drag them to go. I, I do it to screening sometimes when I want my, my, little, my little guys to join me. But they don't want to watch our big screen TV. They want to watch their little screen TV. And they want shorter presentations. They like YouTube and things like that. So, yeah, you know, I... As we've said, for years and years, they kept saying, oh, TV will kill the movies, or this will kill the movies, or that will kill the movies. HBO is going to kill the movies. I think the movie experience will go on, but I I think it's a rougher road than ever before. Yeah, you take a date to the movie, let's Mm -hmm. say $12.50 a piece for tickets, that's 25 bucks. You buy a big box of popcorn and a a couple of big drinks, and you Mm -hmm. have to buy the big drinks because... The, the small drinks are $6, and the biggest drink is $6.05. That's you know right. the way they price that. Exactly. Uh, you're 60 bucks or so or more Yeah. just for popcorn, soda, and a couple of movies. And that's why I think we're seeing the theatrical experience get better, like plush seats and reclining seats, and you can order food like some of our, our the people who help us out with our rewards. They, they make the movie-going experience better and richer, but for a generic movie, go to you know movie theater, random event, 
it's it's a lot of money. But again, if you're young and you want to have a date, or if you're like me with my my goofball buddies back in the day without any dates, it is a place to go. So it's it's it still matters, but it's it's getting tougher. The competition's getting stiffer. Two or three nights out, like I just described, and mm-hmm. that, that pays for Netflix for a year. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. So you want to go with your girlfriend? Uh huh. Did you ever go to a movie and sit up in the balcony and neck with your girlfriend? <laughs> Come on I, now. I, I know. I never did because I watch movies. What? Movies. That's part of growing up. I know, but necking is at a, you do it at a different spot. To me, I'm a, I'm a movie guy. I go to the movies to watch a movie. You know, you now, s- my wife told me that when she was dating back then, she would make out to the whole movie. <laughs> you're, you're, you're 12 years old or 13, uh-huh. <laughs> and you sit next to your girlfriend, mm-hmm. and you start by putting your arm around her shoulder. You I remember did that. that? Yes, I did that. Right? And then <laughs> that arm starts to crawl in the direction <laughs> of other places, and uh-huh. it might take 20 minutes for it to, That's right. to get to its destination. But anyway, everybody goes through. It's okay. a rite of passage. And also, if you do it the wrong way, your arm gets numb because you're cutting <laughs> off the pressure. If you're an amateur like I was. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Okay. Oh, let me clarify. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I confused people last week. As a matter of fact, I listened to, to our show later on streaming, mm-hmm. and I confused myself. So I was talking about two different series, one of which is on Amazon Prime, and that's called Brotherhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other is, uh, uh, and I even forget what... Uh, City on a Hill. City on, on a Hill is on Showtime, Showtime right? Yeah. Okay. Uh so City on a Hill is the one with Kevin Bacon, and that's when set, that one is set in Boston. Uh, it's a fascinating series, and it's got a, a great pedigree as mm-hmm. far as the people involved in the writing and the directing and the showrunner. Uh, the other series I was talking about is uh, the one that's set in Rhode Island, in Providence, Rhode Island, the capital of Rhode Island. That mm-hmm. one's called Brotherhood. And uh, that one involves... Uh, crooked politicians, uh, gangs, uh, uh, mafia-esque Italian gang, uh, Irish gangs, always been a, a big uh, Irish presence in, in both uh, Rhode Island and in Boston. Mm-hmm. So that's part of the confusion. Uh, and great characters in both of them. Uh, and the accents are similar because <laughs> Boston and Rhode Island, they're not too far away from each other. So and, a little later on the mm-hmm. show, let me make some of the distinctions between the, the two. Okay. But if you like one, you'll like the other. Uh, a little tough on the eye. There's a lot of violence, as is, I guess, uh, to be expected in these kinds of movies. There's some whacking and some <laughs> roughing up. Uh, wonderful dialogue, and you'll recognize some other characters. So we'll get back to that later. But let's start with the movies. How about Spider-Man? Yeah, Spider-Man Far From Home. It's the second movie with Tom Holland. He's been popping up in different Avengers movies up until now, but this is his second full-length feature, and he's very good. British actor, if you've heard him on interviews, a uh, typical British accent, but he buries it completely when he's playing Peter Parker. So this time around, he is going on a European vacation with his high school chums, and he wants to put the whole superhero stuff behind him. He just wants to woo MJ, his his wannabe girlfriend. She's played by Zendaya, a very, very interesting young actress. And, of course, things get in the way like a, another v- superhero who is uh, Mysterio, played by Jake Gyllenhaal. And also Nick Fury comes around saying, hey, we need your help, Spider-Man. Forget all this high school stuff. We need you as the superhero version. And he's kind of torn. He wants to be just a regular teenager, but he also wants to save the world as well. So that's the setup. There's a massive twist here, and I'm not going to go near it for now. We may we may tiptoe around it as the uh, the, the callers weigh in. But I just want to, for people who have not seen the movie, 
I don't want to go anywhere near spoiling it directly at the moment. Now, it's funny. It's charming. I found it lighter than the last installment. I also found the action sequence is not as powerful as the Avengers movies. So I think it's fine. It's making lots and lots of money, $185 million for its first five or so six days. It opened a little bit earlier than usual. So the formula works. People love these movies. This is part of the MCU. I'm... I don't want to say I'm getting burned out, but I just didn't think this was one of the better chapters. Is this going to be the last Spider-Man? Oh, heavens no. I can't imagine that. They've, they've got a fairly young actor. Uh, it's doing well. Uh, the couple of, you know, those last end scenes where they kind of give you little teasers about what's going to happen. They showcase an old favorite character, so I'm sure they're going to try to bring him back. Yeah, there's no stopping this. It's just, it's amazing. And even the mediocre franchise entries are hyper successful. And this is just the way, you know, we talked a minute ago about movie going is changing and we don't see as many movies and we often stay home for this kind of spectacle. It's what Hollywood does best. And even when they don't do it at the top shelf level, it brings a huge crowd. I heard a rumor about oh. the next Spider-Man in the series. Mm -hmm. It's going to be Spider-Man versus the Orkin man. Is that oh, true? That could be a, that'd be a massive fight. Uh, if, so, the, <laughs> if the Orkin man were to win, that would be the end of it. It would be the end. But then, you series. know, you, superheroes never really die, so they come back. So that could set up a whole new a whole new series of films. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that one. You know would've, who would have been great to play in, in Spider-Man mm -hmm. if the series were out years ago? Uh, an actor of, of some uh, mm -hmm. high recognition. Sure. Who, who also played uh, Sergeant Friday on uh, Dragnet. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't... Uh, <laughs> Jack Webb have been Ooh. perfect for Spider-Man. Kind of a droll Spider-Man, but yeah, I like it. Okay. Yeah, he could he could, <laughs> he could swing and catch the bad guys. Uh -huh. <laughs> then there'd be the World Wide Web to bring in <laughs> That's and right. all kinds of other things. So you're, now you you got to get in Hollywood. you got to get share some of these ideas around. All right, so we've got uh, at least two people, members mm -hmm. of the Micros and Movie Club, who have seen Spider-Man. Uh, far from home. Far from home. Uh -huh. And uh, we do have awards wow. for them. Uh, rewards for uh -huh. their taking some time to share their movie review with us. What are, what are the, the rewards? Well, they'll, they'll either win passes to the Sea Film Center, a wonderful place to catch movies. You can enjoy a bite to eat, a drink, enjoy the lounge area, but also the Alamo Drafthouse Cinema with a brand new location in Westminster. So they've got Sloan's Lake, they've got Littleton, and they've got Westminster. So three great places to see movies. Mm-hmm. We've seen some screenings at the Alamo Draft House as well. Oh, yes. With those ninjas running around. I love it. I love Such that. a great experience. It's fun. The people who serve you don't want to block your view, so they kind of crouch <laughs> and do high-speed Groucho Marks kind of walks while they, <laughs> they bring you your sodas and stuff. All right, right back after these words. Stay with us. Mike Rosen and Christian Toto on KOA News Radio. Back to Mike Rosen at the movies on KOA News Radio, 8:50 a.m. and 94. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. For one FM. Financial planning isn't just important, it's essential, especially as you're approaching retirement. And I've been recommending Wally Smith at Ridgegate Financial. There are so many important Social Security decisions you have to make. It seems straightforward, but, but it isn't. You know, the Social Security Administration has taken money from your paycheck your entire working life, 
you want to get it back, but you want to get as much of it back as you can. Uh, while he's a financial planner and a fiduciary, you, you need help in deciding when you should start taking your Social Security benefits. If you delay, you get more, but there are pros and cons to doing that. You could pay unexpected taxes on up to 85% of your benefit. Uh, you could also wind up doubling your Medicare premiums if you're not careful. You could lose your spousal benefits. It could end up costing you thousands of, of dollars. I recommend you get in touch with Wally, Wally Smith. Uh, he'll sit down with you for a, a preliminary session, no cost, no obligation. Uh, ask you some important questions, like what do you want to do in retirement? Where do you want to live? Do you want to travel? How much income will you need? When to take Social Security, as I said? How about an estate plan for your loved ones? The list goes on and on. Retirement income is what makes your retirement years comfortable. Uh, you owe it to yourself and your family to make the right decisions. Your probability of success will depend on it. For your free personal retirement review, call this number, 303-PLANNER. That's 303-PLANNER or online at ridgegatefinancial.com. All right, let's start with who for Spidey. Yeah, we got. I think we have Matt on the line, and he's seen Spider-Man Far From Home. Matt, what would you think of the film? You know, I was, I, I got to say, I was kind of disappointed. Oh, okay. I, I'm a little bit on your uh, side, so so elaborate. I'm, I'm curious what your reaction was. Sure. So, honestly, it just didn't feel like Spider-Man to me. Um, I, I was impressed with the acting. I thought Zendaya, Tom Holland, Jake Gyllenhaal, I thought they all did a good job. But with the, the tech suits and the, I didn't really like the setting in, in Europe. I thought it was beautiful, but it just, it didn't have that Spider-Man feel. And I think that's, kind of with the skipping the origin story. And uh, I think Marissa Tomei, as great of an actress as she is, I, I didn't feel like really Aunt May. You don't really have that Uncle Ben connection. It it was an entertaining Marvel movie, but I didn't really get the Spider-Man feel from it. You know, I, that's a great point. I think you described it well. In my review of it, I said that I missed the analog Spider-Man, the guy who was sort mm -hmm. of picked on at school. He was a photographer. Yeah. His boss chewed him out. This is a very different character in so many ways. And I, I think there's something sweet and vulnerable about that one. And this guy, this Spider-Man is, I wouldn't say he's cocky, but he's in a different mindset. Mm -hmm. And uh, even mm -hmm. the way he's pursuing MJ, it's a little bit awkward at times, but it, I don't know, it's just, it's a new variation. I mean, I guess maybe they're taking this character in new, new, I guess, mm -hmm. flavors or themes, but I think I'd be on board with it if it was more entertaining. I thought some of the, the kind of the running jokes were a bit obvious and silly. Um, yes. I, I I want to see if we can kind of dance around the villain situation without giving too much away. Did you find that the stakes were high in the last third of the movie, or what, what was your sense of, of sort of the, the adrenaline factor of a superhero movie? Well, I thought, I thought they were lower stakes than you usually find. I'll admit I found it kind of refreshing after Endgame and, like, the stakes couldn't be higher, then That's all right. of a sudden you have this. And it was entertaining. Jake Gyllenhaal did a, did a, a great job. Um, just generally, um, mm -hmm. and, and I thought it was entertaining and it was, as you said, lower stakes. Um, but it definitely didn't carry the punch that other movies necessarily have. Gotcha. One quick comment. I want to, I'll, I'll kind of tee it up and see what you think about it. Zendaya is an interesting actress and I think her MJ is very, she's aloof. She's very kind of comfortable in her own skin. And of course she has sort of a, she has more layers than that. But I found her harder to root for as far as the potential Spidey relationship with her. Did, 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 is that am I am I fair in saying that? 
Yeah, I absolutely. I, I, I didn't really care for her Orwellian quote. Um, I'm personally a fan of the amazing Spider-Man. I thought the uh, chemistry between Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone, mm-hmm. I thought that's kind of the hallmark you want to live up to. And, and while I thought they had a really good kind of high school relationship, I, I agree that it was, it was a little bit harder to, to root for her as, as a character. Um, but it was still kind of fun to see her quirkiness and Tom Holland's quirkiness play off each other. So I thought, so I thought they did a great job mm-hmm. in that respect, but I agree that it wasn't like a, a rootable character. Yeah, I remember the uh, Tobey Maguire, Kirsten Dunst, upside down Spidey kiss. That was really, really yeah, kind of sweet, a little, little bit romantic, and maybe a little, <laughs> a little more than that. But uh, it kind of was mm-hmm. magical. All right, well, Matt, mm-hmm. we appreciate your review for this, but now is the challenging part. You have to review, you have to kind of give a rating for the film on a scale of one to five, using a clever unit of measure, somehow connected to the movie. So, how would you rank Spider-Man: Far From Home? Let's see. How about two and a half ugly super glasses? <laughs> Very good. I'm going to give it three fake news headlines, which isn't a direct re- relationship, but it definitely had that feel to it. Actually, I thought it was one yeah. of the smarter parts of the movie where they kind of talked about our fake news age. But uh, all right. Well, your reward for giving us another great review. Take us to the Alamo Drafthouse Cinema. And I said before, not just two locations, three now. You've got Westminster, brand new. Also Sloan's Lake and Littleton. They've got those ninja-like servers who come in and give you your food without interrupting the experience. They've got the shorts before the movie. No texting, no talking. It's a wonderful place to see a movie, and we hope you enjoy those passes. Great. Thank you so much. Thanks. Okay. And by the way, we were talking before about the future of movie theaters. Mm-hmm. The uh, Alamo model is something that might keep it yes, alive. Yes, absolutely. And I think it's it's not even just the model. I think that's part of it, but it's the affection people have. It's, oh, I'm going to go to the Alamo, because you know what to expect. I think with generic theaters, you don't know if the ushers are going to be diligent or they're going to be checked out. You don't know about the prices. You, there's no food there of sort of significance. And I think the Alamo has sort of created a brand that matters. So if you go there, you'd remember the Alamo. <laughs> That's right. Especially <laughs> if we were in San Antonio. <laughs> All right. How about Paul to help us out? Yeah, with I think we got Paul on the line. Spider-Man Paul. Far From Home. Go ahead, Paul. Hey, how you doing? Good. Good. What'd you think? Uh, I, I like this movie. I, uh, uh, I like pretty much every Marvel movie, but uh, this one was kind of nice because after Endgame, it was kind of nice to have a, a fun movie. Mm-hmm. Kind of a palate cleanser. Heavy. <laughs> I felt that way about yeah, the, exactly. the Ant-Man sequel last year after Infinity War. Like, Infinity War was, oh, so deep and so heavy. And then, oh, here's Paul Rudd cracking wise and shrinking. And it was like, it was like okay, yeah. I'm, I'm on board with that. Uh, dig a little deeper into Spider-Man. What, what connects with you about this particular I guess the the Tom Holland version. Well, I, and Tom Holland is my favorite Spider-Man. I, he's, I think he's much better than the the two they've had before. But mm-hmm. I think the whole the way the cast gets along. I mean, they seem like they have fun making the movie. You know what I mean? They yeah. act like they're not. They don't hate each other. Kind of like uh, how the Avengers hate Captain Marvel, Brie <laughs> <laughs> Larson. They, they seem like they enjoy each other, so it's kind of fun to. It, it just seemed, it was nice to walk into a, the movie and, and not mm-hmm. be like, it wasn't so depressing or heavy or anything, you know what I mean? So, yeah, and you know, I think there were I critics know. who described the last Spider-Man, which was Homecoming, as a John Hughes-style comedy, and I don't think that's too far off. There's there's something fun and teenagery and uh, just sort of irreverent about it, and I think that spirit yeah. is definitely in play here, which I like. I think that's very smart, and I think it's a, you know, when the action sequences aren't kind of knocking you out of your seat. You've got some pretty engaging comedy, and we don't get a lot of good comedies anymore, so why not? 
yeah, exactly. I, I, I just really, I really liked it. I think it's a pretty good serial. I hope they make a couple, at least a couple more with, with Tom Holland. So, yeah. yeah, I can imagine it. And again, he's still youngish, although I don't know if I quite buy him as 16 anymore, but he's still, he's still a young guy, so he can pull this off. By the way, right. uh, yeah, Jacob... That's stretching it to put him in high school. <laughs> that's right. I think his name is Jacob Batalon, who is the, basically, Peter Parker's best friend. And I think he's great. He's charming. He's different. He's got a great energy about him. He's got that aw shucks, oh my gosh, my best friend is Spider-Man. And I think he's one of the, the better parts of these two movies. He's the, he's the guy in the chair. <laughs> and he's got a cool hat on, too. To so. <laughs> All yeah. right. How about a rating on and it? He, and and the, the relationship with the girl is nice, too. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it seems like him and the, the girl, it, it's, it's legit. You know I mean? Yeah. And you got you got to have that sort of that component as well. It's not just not just all the uh, Spider-Man action hero stuff. So, uh, but Paul, let's give it us a rating on a, a scale of one to five using a clever unit of measure. How would you rank Spider-Man: Far From Home? I would give it five out of five Peter Tingles. <laughs> Very good. All right, your reward is tickets to the C Film Center, another great place to see a movie, have the drink, have the bite to eat, but also enjoy the programming there. They're really smart about kind of almost counter programming. Yes, they've got some movies that you know and you expect and you want to see, but also different kind of things. Oscar-nominated fair, foreign films, maybe films you haven't seen in 20 and 30 years brought back, which is always a fun, fun thing. So hope you enjoy those passes to the C Film Center in Colfax. All right. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Very good. Thank you. If the Spider-Man series is going to survive, mm-hmm. uh, it's got to have uh, legs. And yeah. fortunately, it has six of them. That's right. So there shouldn't be any difficulty <laughs> having this continue to many successful Spider-Man productions in the future. Exactly. All right. When we come back, we're going to talk about Midsommar. Is this yes. a Shakespeare play, Midsummer, Midsommar's Night Dream? It's a horror movie, and it's oh. horrible. But that's just my, my t- two cents. I can hardly wait. We'll be back after these words. Stay with us. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You recognize that movie theme? That's, of course, from Fast and Furious. Yeah, Tokyo Drift. I love it. It's a... <laughs> no. no, no, no. It's from Beauty and the Beast, a haunting melody. Beauty and the Beast may be the best romantic fairy tale of all, and there's a lot of competition there. If you remember the Disney anim- animated movie, that was an Academy Award winner. The 2017 movie musical featured Emma Watson of Harry Potter fame. The musical stage version has become a Broadway classic, playing to 35 million people worldwide. So why am I mentioning all this now? Because you can relive your childhood memories and make lasting ones for your own kids as Beauty and the Beast plays at BDT stage in Boulder right through the summer. Actually, through September 21st, my uh, granddaughter, Jenna, mm-hmm. is back from Florida where she's been with her mom for almost two months uh, so we're going to go see that probably in a couple of weeks. Looking forward to that. This is entertainment for the whole family, to be sure. BDT's players always deliver outstanding performances, along with a wonderful a la carte dinner. 
So dinner and the show at prices starting only $45. Uh, the best entertainment value in town, to be sure. Call BDT Stage for information and reservations. Here's the number, 303-449-6000. That's 449-6000, or go online at bdtstage.com. Mike and Christian back with you, so tell us about Midsommar. Yeah, I was really looking forward to this movie. Probably my most anticipated movie of the summer, and I like horror. The uh, trailer was effective, but also... This is the fellow, his name is Ari Aster, and he directed a movie last year called Hereditary with Tony Collette. And it was very divisive. Some people loved it, some people hated it. I mostly loved it, but sometimes when you watch a film with a young filmmaker and you think, okay, it's not perfect, I see the flaws, it's rough around the edges, but this guy gets it. There's something about his voice, his vision. He, he just, you can't wait to see what happens next, what, he, what else he's got in store. So I was really, really excited to see Midsommar. Uh, the story is about some young people who go to a Swedish festival for a vacation. They're in college, they're maybe they maybe getting their master's degrees. They're smart young people. And at the core of them is a couple and they're about to break up, but the, the woman suffers this horrible, horrible personal tragedy. And the guy's like, I can't break up with her now. Let me just take her on vacation. Maybe we'll have some fun. Maybe we'll reconnect, you know, reestablish our, our bond. And if not, we, we gave it a good college try. So that's the setup here. They go to this village and they're going to take some hallucinogenics and they're going to see some beautiful Swedish women or so they think. And they end up just being enmeshed in this very archaic festival with flowers and songs and dancing and something much more sinister than that. And if you see the trailer, you can kind of get a hint at what's to come. And people have compared this a little bit to The Wicker Man, which had a similar creepy vibe. Now, all of that is well and good, but there's a couple of problems here. One, it takes forever for the horror to develop. So you're just waiting and waiting. The characters are not flat or interesting. They are fairly one-dimensional, which would be fine for a slasher movie, but this is like an intelligent, thoughtful horror movie. And then once the uh, <laughs> the you-know-what hits the fan, it becomes extraordinarily dull. And this is a movie that's two hours and 20 minutes, and I can't imagine having to watch it again. It is dreadful. Um, it's more about shock value than really interesting things. And I just was intrigued by it, was bored by it, and by the end, I actively hated it. Mm. Was it some kind of a parakeet who flew into one of those <laughs> oscillating fans? Ooh, that's, <laughs> that's gruesome. It's even worse than that. And there are a couple of moments that are really kind of jolting. You just kind of just, you stumble in your chair. It's that intense. But beyond that, it is, there's a, a sex scene that goes on for what seems like eight hours with nothing even remotely interesting to watch what's, about it. What's wrong with that? Well, trust me, you have to see it to believe it. Oh, okay. It's just, and it, once you kind of know the fate of certain characters, it just goes on and on. There's no suspense, there's no drama. And it just felt very self-indulgent. Like this particular director, who seems like he's got a lot of talent, read all the glowing reviews of his first film and thought, I can do anything. Well, he can't. And uh, Midsummer is pretty much proof of that. Well, we can check with Dave, who's a member of the Mike Rosen Movie Club, and see what he thought of it. Yeah. Why don't we do that? Yeah, Dave, what did you think of Midsommar? Midsummer was really interesting. It starts off kind of like misery porn. I mean, that's the best way to put it. Like, like the way that, that, that Florence Pugh's character suffers her family uh, disaster is truly horrific. And it's just like, wow, you went to a lot of work to figure that out. And then the film gets into gear. And it's a beautiful film. Like, I, I've actually compared it to like a Terrence Malick type, you know, really meditative film. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't have anything to say. 
and anything it does have to say gets undermined by other parts of the film. Uh, the the performances are fantastic. Florence Pugh cashes in on all the promise she showed in Finding with My Family. Everyone else in the film is really solid acting. Um, and going back to Terrence Malick, like I know a lot of people call his film self-indulgent. I love his work. I finally know what they're talking about because this thing is self-indulgent to the point that I want to use a word that I can't use on the radio to talk about <laughs> just how self-indulgent it is. Uh, this movie wasted my blasted time, and I, if it had been an hour shorter, I wouldn't be as mad about having actually spent the time to see this movie. I agree completely. And by the way, there's a director's cut allegedly coming soon with 30 extra minutes. So if what you think this is torture, that? I don't know. Why? I don't know. It's, 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 that sounds crazy. Well, with the eight-hour bed scene, it must go on for what, <laughs> 10 or 11 hours in full. Okay. To be fair, that is also one of the funniest parts of the movie, too. I think Christian could agree with that. Is it meant to be funny, or is yes. it? I don't know. I think so. <laughs> I think so. Come on. But all I say is the assist is one of the funniest things I've ever seen that I've seen in okay. a movie in quite some time. That, that gave me a chuckle. Um, it, for sure. it, Beautifully shot. The vistas of Sweden are gorgeous. There are these beautiful, long, lingering shots. There are things to be said about, like, the importance of community and to have a support structure when you're going through a grieving process. And there's things to be said there, but it's just undermined by a whole bunch of garbage that doesn't do any good. It's gory. It is horrifying to see. And it wasn't scary and didn't actually horrify me at all. Yeah, the running time horrified me, but that's about it. Did you like his previous film, Hereditary? Because I know people were really split in that movie. I didn't see it, and I had no need to see it after seeing this pile. Oh, I could see. And by the way, you mentioned the, the dramatic moment early in the movie, and it's... I felt it was way over the top. It's like... Let's just say, sometimes in a movie, a character is killed for whatever reason, and it sets the story in motion. This is almost a massacre. And I just thought, well, to set a story in motion, you don't need that level of intensity. And I, I just thought it was really way over the, I just unnecessary. Did you, did you get that? Like uh, my spider sense to kind of connect the last movie started tingling at that very moment. And I thought, why did they just do that? That seems a really odd move. Well, I, I didn't see that. I tried to catch approach a film on its own terms, kind mm -hmm. of let it do its thing. And part of the problem with that is it set the bar so high for this level of horror and tragedy that I think it, it kind of undermined the rest of the film and that it never gets close to that point again. Yeah. It, you know, it's like something when, when something's just incredibly violent at the end and you see this great violent thing at the end of another movie, you know, it, the set piece starts off with something incredibly violent that overshadows this supposedly shocking thing that happens at the end. And that's exactly what happened here. And by the way, I want to reinforce what you said about Florence Pugh. She was wonderful in fighting with my family. That was the, the, uh, the uh, Dwayne Johnson movie from a few months back. She's, sensational here. And there's a moment early on where she has to act. She's talking to her boyfriend. She's trying not to cry. She's trying to connect with him. She's lost. She's shattered. And the camera just zooms in beautifully on her face. It's an exquisite piece of acting. And it's the kind of thing you don't see in horror movies. Horror movies often have indifferent acting. I'm okay with that. It's the genre. We accept it. But I just thought she was wonderful in this movie and wonderfully wasted ultimately. That, that's the entire movie. It, there's so many <laughs> wonderful things. They're just such a, a waste. Yeah. Well, I'm going to wait for the 60-minute uh, extra version because I really want to see all the nuances of this particular film. <laughs> Look, if I didn't do the extra extended cut of Dawn of Justice, Batman versus Superman, I'm certainly not doing that on this thing. <laughs> Let me get back to the eight hours uh, bed scene. Uh, <laughs> no, you really don't want to, Mike. Trust, you really? After the eight one, hours, really don't want did they both light up a cigarette? I wish they didn't. I, I wanted to stick a cigarette in my eyeball. Yeah, don't don't that. tell me. The guy just rolled over and fell asleep, right? <laughs> well, you know, man. I'm no. telling you. I'll just say I wish there was only two people involved 
with that scene. Okay. <laughs> oh. <laughs> or under 22. But anyway, well, Dave, we appreciate your scathing review, and we want to we want to reward you. But before we do that, we have to have you rank the movie on a scale of one to five using a clever unit of measure. I, I, I <laughs> can I bust out the mythical zero? If if you feel it in your gut, you got to go for it. The zero out of uh, certain profanity words that I give about seeing anything this guy ever makes ever again. All right. I'm going to give it one large mallet, and I think I'm being kind. <laughs> Your reward are tickets to the Alamo Draft of Cinema. Not two locations. Now they've got three, Westminster, Sloan's Lake, and Littleton. A great place to see a movie. And if they had nothing else besides the no texting, no talking, it would be enough. But, of course, they offer much, much more. I hope you enjoy those passes. Thanks so much, guys. Right. I, I didn't see the movie. <laughs> you warned me not to. I had, I had, the, you know, the uh, they, they direct the planes, those yeah. pylons, the kind of. Yeah. I steered you away from this movie. Oh, well, nonetheless, I'm going to give it <laughs> one eight-hour bed scene. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. When we come back, we're going to tease next week's movie, and also I will uh, get into some greater detail on City on a Hill mm-hmm. with Kevin Bacon. Stay with us right back after these messages. Now with extra butter, it's Mike Rosen at the movies on KOA News Radio, 850 AM and 94.1 FM. All right. Well, uh, one of the uh, key characters in this movie, Stuber, mm-hmm. is either from India or Pakistan, sometimes it's tough to say, and I don't think they described it in the, in the movie. Uh, but um, let's say he was from India. Okay. Just so I could tie it into <laughs> my commercial for India's restaurant. It's your show. You can do that. I'm a, I, I like Indian food. And, and I remember years ago, the first time I had gone to an Indian restaurant, mm-hmm. I wasn't sure what to expect. I was told that, well, it's all curry dishes and, and some of them are really hot well, they don't uh, they don't hold off on the the spiciness of it, but uh, no, it is not a kind of uh, eyes uh, tearing up from the and, and you can order it the way you like. Oh you yeah, can have uh, hot, extra hot, even hotter than that. <laughs> oh, and then they have you know not so hot either. <laughs> and by not so hot, I don't mean it isn't good. That's an expression that people frequently lose. No, no, it's it's really wonderful. India's restaurant uh, inside. There's a stunning Indian decor. Uh, they have a distinctive building, a standalone building, right by the intersection of uh, East Hampton and Yosemite. And uh, I highly recommend these sizzling cast iron platters of tandoori lamb, chicken, and seafood. Uh, On the side, you'll get some wonderful Indian breads that are called roti. Imported Indian beers, cocktails. They have an extensive vegetarian menu, delicious as well as healthful with their magical touches of spices, peppers, condiments, and herbs. Be sure to leave room for some unique Indian desserts, some delicacies. They have a popular lunch buffet, which is under 12 bucks. Also a private dining room, which hosts up to 90 people for your special events. They're located at 8921 East Hamden at Yosemite. You can check out their menu online at indiasrestaurant.com and call this number for more information and reservations. 303 755-4284, 303-755-4284. Tell the Mike Rosen sent you. So, uh, Stuber. Yeah, so that's out this weekend. We'll catch Mm -hmm. up with it next time. You've heard about it, seen the trailers maybe? Yeah, yeah. Goofy action comedy kind of a thing. You know, oh, I wanted to, I forgot, I wanted to ask Dave, our last caller, Mm -hmm. uh, 
why that horrible horror movie was called Midsummer. Well, I did read that Midsummer just means midsummer, and I think it may also refer to the summer solstice. So it's, I mean, it's a summer set. Is it Midsummer or Samar? I Googled it or YouTubed it, and the, I believe the director said it's Midsummer, but he seemed like he was pretty flexible with the pronunciation. So. Do they call it Samar in India or <laughs> Pakistan? No, I don't know. I don't know. All right. Okay. Well, that answers my question. <laughs> so there's a an Uber driver whose name is Stu. Uh-huh. Thus the Stuber. And that's why it's called Stuber, because he runs into this cop, a bear mm-hmm. of a man who commandeers his car. And the rest goes from there. The bear cop is in pursuit of some bad guy. Mm-hmm. And there's an awful lot of extended fights and a lot of shooting with actual bullets and some gore and things like that. Some funny lines, I have to say. It was not one of the best movies I've ever seen, but it wasn't mm-hmm. as bad as I expected it to be. Mm-hmm. Put that in the poster. Not as bad as I expected it. Damning with faint praise, as <laughs> they say. So it's, uh, it's out now. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll talk about that in greater detail come next Saturday. So, regarding City on a Hill, not to be confused with Brotherhood. Brotherhood's the one that takes place in Providence, Rhode Island, the state capital. And one of the key players uh, is a a state legislator. Uh, It's a lot of family intrigue, and there are really a lot of screwed up characters in this, but it's very well done. So you've got, for Brotherhood, political intrigue. Uh, mob action, the Italian mob versus the Irish mob. Uh, in addition to that, you've got cops involved, uh, some, are whom, some of whom are dirty. Uh, inter- interesting dialogue. Uh, the key, two key characters are brothers, which is why it's called mm-hmm. Brotherhood. One of the brothers is the state legislator I referred to. The other one is a really bad guy uh, who does terrible mm-hmm. things. As a matter of fact, he played, he played the really bad British officer in that Mel Gibson movie, The Patriot. Oh yeah, remember yeah. that? You, you know that really mean, sadistic, uh, drawing a blank. British it's something officer. like Jason Patrick, but it's not Jason Patrick. It's well, when similar. I saw his face in in Brotherhood, I said, mm. "Where?" It took me a long time to figure it out, but then I. I identify him. He's a wonderful British actor. Is it Jason Isaacs, maybe? Yes, it is. That's exactly who it is. Thank you. Uh, All right. That's Brotherhood. Mm -hmm. City on a Hill is the one with Kevin Bacon. Uh, By the way, both of these series are are period pieces. They don't Mm -hmm. take place in 2018. They take place in the the 80s or 90s. And uh, Kevin Bacon is is a phenomenal, unique actor. He is, yeah. He also plays throughout his career a lot of sleazy characters. (laughs) We've said that before. Yeah. So uh, in this movie, it's about a cop, Kevin Bacon, who's trying to change the system from within because the Boston police force, that's where this one takes place, is very corrupt. Uh, Serpico came to mind. Hmm. You remember Al Pacino played Serpico. Uh, He was a New York cop. It was based on a a true story. Uh, In this case, Kevin Bacon is an FBI agent. Uh, so it's not exactly Serpico and also Al Pacino as Serpico was very morally upright and self-righteous and wanted to do uh, the right thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kevin Bacon wants to get his job done, but he's, he's more like Dennis Franz. Do you remember mm-hmm. an NYPD blue, uh, Andy Sipowitz was the character that Dennis Franz played, uh, who also was a tough guy. Kevin Bacon is a very tough cop. His, his, FBI work, just as Andy Sipowitz's police work was, 
what you might call unorthodox, <laughs> uh, stepped over the line. Broke a, uh, broke quite a rule a bit. too. Uh, so I, I find both of them fascinating. Mm -hmm. They're very, very strong. It's not for kids at all. Uh, a lot of language, a lot of violence. Uh, but the sophistication of uh, police uh, dramas is quite a bit greater than it was years ago, isn't it? These it's days? amazing. It's ama you know, it's amazing at the depth that you get on these TV shows. And we talk about, listen, we're here for the movies, and I love movies, and I always will. But the TV shows are often the complexity they can bring. And often it's because they've got multiple episodes, multiple seasons. It allows the writers to really dig in in ways that are just not possible with a two or three hour movie. And I think that's for the benefit. But I'm just amazed at how many options there are for us to watch. Another key character in City on a Hill is played by Aldous Hodge. A very, very classy, good looking black man who mm -hmm. is a, an assistant district attorney. His character is DeCourcy Ward. And he winds up in a strange uh, alliance with the Kevin Bacon character mm -hmm. in the movie. Uh, and by the way, about Kevin Bacon, like he came of age with Footloose, he was a big star, mm -hmm. and he could have faded away. He could have been like one of these pretty boys who just didn't get work or just just didn't get the the uh, traction on his career. But he has evolved over time. He's taken supplemental roles. He's done leading man roles that are maybe atypical. And that's why he's still, you know, on top of his game. It's good to see. And he's he's built like an NFL linebacker <laughs> as well. And he's been uh, married to Kyra Cedric forever, too. It's one of those rare, beautiful, ongoing Hollywood marriages. Good she's for them. the one without the chin, right? What was the series she was in? But she was in The Closer? Is yeah, it? no, I think that was, yeah. She doesn't have a chin. She, Picture her face. There's no chin. It goes from her mouth right to her neck. <laughs> and I exaggerate a little bit. So there's a series of He might armored, beat you up if he hears that, so be careful. A series of armored car robberies that are a part of the investigation at all. Mm -hmm. It all comes together. Uh, the show runners uh, in, in this one, uh, and, and that's key. Uh, by the way, you were going to... You want to fill me in on what the technical definition of showrunner is. It, it's not necessarily the executive producer. It, it's not the director. It's not the writer. Who's the showrunner? It's kind of the creative force. And it's a, it's a term they've been using more and more in recent years. Think about Vince Gilligan with the Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul, that kind of a thing. Or even um, or David Chase from The Sopranos. He was the showrunner. He was the... Sometimes they write, sometimes they direct, sometimes they do more. So they're than that. they're in charge, commander in chief of content. How yeah, I that? think so. Yeah, it's 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 their baby. I think in this case, it's Tom Fontana. Mm -hmm. uh, he also was involved in uh, the TV series Oz. You remember that? Which was he was in Homicide? Did he do Homicide as well? Uh, he did Homicide: Life on the Street. Right. Yes, yes. Yeah, he did Borgia on Netflix. Mm -hmm. uh, he's very very creative. Does excellent stuff. The executive producers, those are the people who put up the money, mm -hmm. right? Producers are the ones that, that uh, hire the actors and do that kind of thing. The directors direct. Ben Affleck and Matt Damon oh. are among the executive producers. I've heard of them. So uh, a, a lot of heavyweight. Michael Cuesta, he was an executive producer from Homeland, hmm. too. So a great deal of experience, and, and they do a wonderful job with this show. So I recommend this along with Brotherhood. Yeah, and Affleck and Damon are, are Boston boys. So they've got, they've got that gravitas. They know that area. They know the turf. So I... I you kind of trust them when they're telling a story set in that area. Nice. Mm -hmm. All right. So next week, we're going to talk about Stuber. Stuber. What else is coming up down the road? Uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is the big one this week, this month. That's the Quentin Tarantino movie. And he's threatening retirement, by the way. So we'll have to see if he keeps on making movies. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> All right. 50s. Well, we're here every Saturday morning at 8 o'clock. We're not retiring. And um, one of the things we feature is members of the Micros and Movie Club would like to participate just to email me at micros and a koa news radio if you want to join the micros and movie club we'll make arrangements for that see you next saturday at eight
With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.